Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Tea. But I don't a, mind it actually. I've had a really bad back. Oh, have you? Yes. How did you do it? I don't know. Since we've been in our hiatus. Yes. I I'm a really good sleeper. I think I've spoken about this before. Drop rock concert, drop of a hat, I'm out. Do you nap? No. Right. Waking up three o'clock, excruciating back pain. Excruciating. Mm. Anyway, I went to a myotherapist. It just did all this weird stuff, which was good. Yeah. Um, I've been to my doctor. He's given me drugs that I don't like to take. I've been to an osteo and she fixed me. How? She massaged my diaphragm. Up under your ribs? Yep. That's weird. She massaged my diaphragm. To make your back go. (laughs) Can you believe that? Well, no. Yes, I do believe it because when you're pregnant... I'm when you're pregnant. pregnant, you get no, but you get a backache because the uterus, like when there's a baby in the front there and it's sort of pulling everything forward, sure, it's all kind of attached to. I think it's as though it's all tethered to some point at the base of the spine. It's like right. it's all hanging in a big yep. sack from, so it pulls your back mm. out of whack. So everything's connected. But she also massaged. My- Inside my mouth. Oh, all right. No, that's weird. What? What? She's really good, though. I love her. She's like, with what? Her penis? She put a (laughs) glove. Like, seriously. No, she put gloves on. Yes. And she massaged the muscles at the back of. So she had this. I think she's thinking, you're a journo. You're constantly talking and projecting. Yeah. Has that done something? So she, she massaged inside my mouth. It was the. It hurt so much. And she... Well, that's connected to you. So kind neck. of, yeah, in here, um, yep. what I'm saying here doesn't really help. So if you kind of, what, what's that? The back in of your, your cheeks. jaw. Oh, where your jaw Where bones. your molars are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some muscles in there. And I felt my whole jaw relax. It was oh. the weirdest thing in the world. Mm. And then she massaged my diaphragm and it fixed me. It's weird what stuff is connected. It's so, so isn't that so strange? Weird. So Kirsten and I have yeah. this lovely uh, dietitian on the show yes. called Karen Inn. She's very, it's amazing, amazing. Yes. And she was telling me the other day about uh, this girl who was one of the – she was an Australian of the year or she got an award sure. in Australia. Was She wrote a book about gut health. Yeah. She's known as the gut doctor or something. And she was explaining how – your gut is connected to your brain and you it's, think, what? Yeah, I know. But you think when you get nervous, when your brain's going, oh, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, you get butterflies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're connected. It's all connected. And so what you eat affects how your brain yeah. works. And so she thinks that a constant overuse of my diaphragm is putting oh. you back out. Is putting my back out because I'm constantly projecting forward. Isn't that weird? That is weird, but yeah. has and it when, helped? Yeah. It That's amazing. It pretty much fixed it. I, I also now have to sleep like a 108-year-old woman with a pillow under my knees at night. Oh, my God. So attractive <laughs> for bedroom action. Sorry, darling, let me get my pillow. I've got to get my sleep pillow. <laughs> Pop it under my knees. Do you put one of those snore things on too? No. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually sleep on my back with my hands above my head like that. Really? Like a baby? Like a baby, yeah. That's lovely. 
Lovely. always takes photos of it. He thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> That's very unusual. So, it shows that you're like content and safe and really? relaxed. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, if anyone was wondering about my back health now, you know. I really was. Were yeah. you cursed? Yes, yeah, but yeah. also like a little freaked out about the cheek massage. The cheek like massage, it was, it was sore for days. What was your reaction though when she's like, I'm going to just poke my fingers in and um So I'm open to anything. So No, this, come on. Surely when she started, you're thinking, am nah, I being so she says on to me like, camera? Are you okay with me cracking your back? And I'm like, I've never had that done before. Let's do it. Yeah. I need to sleep. Mm. I, I, I will take crack at this point to sleep a whole full night I'm so tired um but it's better now it's been great this week which is fabulous so when she said now would you mind if I just pop a glove on and just massage the muscles inside your mouth and I was lying down at this point because I was on a massage bed and I said sure knock me out you're gonna be perineum sunning before long I can see it coming that's the slippery slope you're on have you seen people doing that what Perineum What's sunny. That? Well, the perineum is the bit down between the vagina hole and the <laughs> anus hole. We keep taking it back there. <laughs> well, yeah. no, it's a, a trend. Perineum sunning. Yeah, they're doing. They do it in California. So you they sun it. take their pants off and then they point, point it to that the up. Sun. Basically, point their bum hole up towards the sun and get a bit of sun on it. I'm not sure what, what does it's it supposed do? to do. Well, I didn't read the stories deeply enough because I thought you people are mad. Just get a nice tan. I'm going to Google it. Right. Okay, look it up. Because some celebrity did it, and I'm trying to think who. You know, I want to say it was um, Kiefer Sutherland because he does weird <laughs> stuff like that, but it wasn't him. It was someone else. I was going to say, is that the gooch? Or, like, do girls have gooches? Or is that just a boy What's thing? What's the gooch? I think... <laughs> I think it's the skin. I think it's the part of the your bum and your... I hear them prefer to the taint. This is such utter shit. Yes. yes. Perineum sunning prevents against the leakage of chi or life force energy from the body. Yep. Through your bum hole. Well, it's not even your bum hole. Well, it's next it's to your... it. It's like your bum landing. That's yeah. that's the bit that tears when this you have a baby. This in turn sustains health both. and longevity of the physical body, increases no. creativity and creative output, oh. aids in healthy libido and balanced sexual energy. Yeah. Someone's taking the piss. What a load of rubbish. 100%. percent mm. <laughs> i am got a story um, inspired by, shall I? I can't keep Don't Googling this. Don't look at the this. pictures. Look Don't at the look picture. at the pictures. That's an animal <laughs> bottom. It's like a fluffy dog butt. Corgi bum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, uh, so Laura sent us a message that said, and Laura, this would have been a while ago, but thank you for your patience. Uh, Hi, ladies, I've just watched the second ep of The Crown, season three. Oh, I'm not into it. I need to get into it. I tried, but I have... I've got to go back to it. Yeah. Anyway, apparently season three revolved around this particular episode, around the tragedy at Aberfan, a coal mining town in Wales. It would be a really good one for you guys to cover when you get time, Laura. So I did that because I had time over Christmas. Okay. Right. So Laura is referring to a village called Aberfan that was destroyed in 1966 when a coal mining waste tip collapsed. So Aberfan is a town at the bottom of a slope of the Taff Valley in Wales. The Merthyr Vale Colliery opened there in 1869 and at that time the town was tiny. It was just two cottages and an inn. Why do they need an inn if there's only two cottages? An inn. Oh, let's go to the pub tonight and socialise with the people from next door. They don't need an inn. They just go next door and have a beer. In case Jesus came. 
Oh, have somewhere I see. To stay. Do you think he's going to go to a coal mining town in Never. Scotland? He's everywhere. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. In Wales, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to the Welsh listening. Uh, now, when they pulled uh, coal out of the mine, it produced a waste product that they called tailings. They were bits of uh, very fine particles of coal and ash, and they used to dump those in great big mounds called tips. Okay. In 1947, the mine came under the control of the National Coal board, so but it's a bit dry so far. This story, stay with we me. Get, I feel like we're getting there. You don't want it's to hear about burn, mining procedures and stuff. Uh, by 1966, there were about 5,000 people living in Aberfan. Mm-hmm. Most of them are coal workers. There were seven spoil heaps by this stage of about two million cubic meters of waste, and all of these spoil heaps were above the village. Tip seven was the only one that was still being used in 1966. It was about 34 metres high and beneath it, under the ground, was a natural spring, so a water source. Mm -hmm. Now, Aberfan, being in Wales, gets an average of 60 inches of rain a year. That's about 1.5 metres. In 1960, oh, it no. was slightly higher than average. You can see what's coming. Yeah. In 1960, they had 70.5 inches, which is 1.79 metres of rain. Uh, between 1952 and 1965, there was severe flooding in the Pantglass, I hope I'm saying that correctly, area of Aberfan at least 11 times. So they've been flooding in that area. And the people in the area complained that the flood water was black and it had a, a when it receded, it was leaving a greasy residue on the ground. So it was clearly somehow coming through those spoil heaps and spreading out. Yeah. In the first three weeks of October in 1966, there was 6.5 inches of rain, and nearly half of that came in one big downpour in the third week. During the night of the 20th of October and, and the morning of the 21st of October. Mm-hmm. The peak, the very top of tip seven, subsided about three metres. So the top it just, dropped. top yeah. of the ice cream just slid down a bit. Yep. And that was reported to the bosses and they decided that they would do no further work that day and that they needed to find a new tipping position. Sure. At 9.15am, a chunk of debris broke away from tip seven and started to roll downhill. They say it was going at about 30 kilometres an hour and waves up to nine metres high started to fall down. So the material in the tip, this fine particles of dust and stuff, was saturated at this point. So there's a spring coming from underneath plus the downpour that they'd had. So as it began to move... I'm not entirely sure of the physics of this, but because of the movement, that releases energy. So it just liquefied the rest of the tip, which was already soaked from the rain. So almost instantly, the heap turned from this sort of solid pile of particles Mm. into a heavy liquid. So basically just collapsed. And they say it was about twice as dense as water. 110,000 square metres of spoil slid down the mountain, destroyed two farm cottages and killed the people inside. 38,000 cubic metres flowed into the village. 
that caused two water mains to burst. So you've now got two more loads of water coming in. So that saturated the spoil even more. And at the very bottom of the hill, 240 pupils of Pantglass Junior School had just arrived for the last day before the school holidays. And they had sung All Things Bright and Beautiful at their assembly. Kirsten, feel free to put in a little choir of children singing All Things Bright and Beautiful. It's a beautiful song. I think I know that song. All things bright and beautiful It's off that, um, it's a really old school 80s ad where it starts with like a small animal and they start getting bigger. It's like, oh, the, um, is it the RSPCA ad? I think it could have been Might often. Might be. Yeah, yes, you're right. You're right. It's off an RSPCA ad. So at the moment that the landslide hit the school, the teachers were doing roll call. The avalanche demolished the school, filled it with mud, sludge, and rubble. Oof. 109 children, most of them were aged between 7 and 10, were killed, along with five teachers. Six adults and 29 children were injured. Some staff died trying to protect the children. Uh, now, a woman called Nancy, uh, Nancy Williams, the school meals clerk, used her body to shield five children who all survived. Mm. She died and she was found by rescuers still holding a pound note that she had been collecting as their lunch money. Di Benyon, the deputy headmaster, tried to use a blackboard to shield himself and five children from the slurry that was pouring through the school. He and all 34 pupils in his class were killed. One student said later they heard a noise, a big rumbling noise. I saw a tree and a telegraph pole coming towards me first. Then I saw a black wave of muck. Uh, A teacher said there was a terrible noise like a jet plane and I was afraid it was going to fall on the school. So they thought it was something about to crash out of the sky. Uh, I said to my children, get under your desks quickly and stay there. And there was one little boy in front of me and he kept poking his head out saying, why, miss? Why have I got to do that? And I said, because I'm telling you to, get under your desk. And I had to go and put his head under and stand by him. As it happened, nothing happened to our classroom, just this dreadful noise. It seemed like ages, but it must have been only a few minutes and then there was silence. Another pupil said he blacked out and he woke up to the sound of rescuers breaking a window and he said, then I saw my friend, there was blood coming out of his nose and I knew he was dead. Another one said, I was there for about an hour and a half until the brigade found me. I heard cries and screams, but I couldn't move. The desk was jammed into my stomach and my leg was under the radiator. The little girl next to me was dead and her head was on my shoulder. One pupil said, as I was being carried out, I realised I had lost my jumper. It was a mustard-coloured one that my mother had knitted. There were... Mustard's not a good colour. I don't own anything mustard. Mm. No. No. I don't own a lot of colour, but mustard's definitely not amongst... It's not in. I feel like mustard and burgundy get a run every now and again, but they go really quickly because they're not good colour. I think no. that was my school uniform. It was like a yellowy. Or Must- I was going to say, yeah. very burgundy college. was definitely in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, she said, there were five children in our family and you couldn't afford to lose a jumper. 
So I tried to go back and look for it because I thought I would get into trouble. Oh. Isn't it sweet? Another one said, at that time, I'd bought felt pens, textures. Yeah, cute. And they were a rather new thing. They cost two and six at the time, and I had these three felt pens, a red one, a blue one, and a mauve one. And I was more interested in getting these felt pens out. And the fire officer said to me, forget those bloody felt pens and let's get you out. So there was a secondary school next door that was also damaged and 18 houses on the roads in the area were also destroyed. Once the slide material had come to a halt, it re-solidified. So it buried the whole area in a mound. It was about 10 metres high. People rushed to the area. They started digging. One parent said they had to break the front windows and then climb in. They had no tools. They used their bare hands, but there was nothing that anyone could do. So the miners who worked in the mine, they arrived and they started to help and they directed the operation because they knew that the digging could lead to further collapse. Yeah. Um, One woman said the women were already there clawing at the filth. Some had no skin left on their hands. Miners are a tough breed. We don't show our feelings, but some of the lads broke down. So after, and that was all at about nine, just after nine in the morning, they said no survivors were found after 11 o'clock in the morning. The two broken water mains were still pumping water into the spoil at Aberfan, so the slip continued to move until they were able to cut the water off at 11.30. During the rescue, the media disgraced themselves. One rescue worker heard a press photographer asking a child to cry for her dead friends because it would make a good picture. So they held a meeting of the coal board that morning and it was decided that the Director General of Production and Chief Safety Engineer should go and inspect the situation. So they left to go to the village immediately. And the chairman of the coal board, Lord Robins, didn't go. He explained later that it was because the appearance of a layman at too early a stage inevitably distracts senior and essential people from the tasks upon which they could be should be exclusively concentrating. I actually um, put this story together mm. before we had the incident with the bushfires where Scott Morrison was away. Oh, And everyone Hawaii. was saying, where's ScoMo? Why isn't he yep. here? Why isn't he here? And I thought of that and thought, they're right. You know, if, if the politician jumps into the scene of the disaster too soon, it's like, oh, look at me. It's mm. very hard. I'm here cooking sausages for the workers. It's it's a very hard mm. So I was kind of on his manage. side for a while, but then he should have come back sooner than he did. So I'm a little bit either way on that. Um, instead of visiting Aberfan, Lord Robins went to a ceremony to invest himself as the Chancellor of the University of Surrey. See, Good. there's his mistake. Don't go and do something that makes you look good, mate. When I don't know what's happening with my throat. Sorry. That's okay. I'll just keep talking. Uh, there were questions asked later about him not attending and his staff lied and said that he was personally directing the relief work, which was a load of shit. Lies. The Prime Minister at the time was Harold Wilson. He gave an order that was effectively to do whatever was needed to help the town and he visited the town that night and he agreed that a high-level independent inquiry had to be held. They set up a mortuary in the village's Bethania or Bethania, Bethania Chapel, a couple of hundred metres down from the disaster site, and they started to issue death certificates. Most of them on the, the cause of death was listed as asphyxia, so lack of oxygen, fractured skull, or multiple crush injuries on these poor babies. Mm. The chapel was so tiny that they could only let parents in one at a time to look for the bodies of their children. And one mother said, 
Until I went in, I still had hope that they were just lost. All the pews were covered with little blankets, and under them lay little children. They picked up the blankets and they showed me every girl until I came to her and said she was mine. There wasn't a mark on her except a little scratch over her mouth. Even her clothes were clean. So it was hard for a lot of the parents because the children were very dirty and they all wore the same school uniform. They were all wearing grey pants and the girls were wearing the school dress and the cardigan. 400 embalmers volunteered to clean and dress the little corpses. They removed seats from a plane that came in from Northern Ireland so that they could transport in child-sized coffins. So by the morning of Saturday, October 22, 111 bodies had been excavated. The Queen's brother-in-law, Lord Snowden, visited and Prince Philip arrived and he spoke with the rescue workers. Then it started to rain again, which uh, they were then worried there'd be another another avalanche. And then finally on the Saturday evening, the head of the coal board, Lord Robins, finally arrived in Aberfan and a TV news team interviewed him and he said... I wouldn't have thought myself that anybody would know that there was a spring deep in the heart of a mountain any more than I can tell you that there's one under my feet where we are now. If you're asking me, did any of my people on the spot know that there was this spring water, then the answer is no, they couldn't possibly. It was impossible to know that there was a spring in the heart of this tip, which was turning the centre of the mountain into sludge, which was bullshit because they had warned them years Mm. earlier that it was there. Um, In fact, one man who lost his niece in the disaster, a 61-year-old man called Philip Brown, who was a disabled miner, he said the spring had always been there. It was not a hidden spring. The National Coal Board must have known about it because everyone in the village did. So they held a coroner's inquest on the 24th of October to give the causes of death for the 30 children. And one man called out and he said that he wanted the cause of death for his wife and two sons to be listed as buried alive by the National Coal Board. Mm. They held a mass funeral for 81 children and one woman. They were buried in, so they dug two long trenches, 24 metres long, and 10,000 people attended. Um, Surviving children returned to school two weeks later, and there were just a few comments from some of the children. They said, we didn't go out to play for a long time because those who'd lost their own children couldn't bear to see us. We all knew what they were feeling and we felt guilty about being alive. Another one said, we never got any sympathy. We were always told we were lucky to be alive. And another said, uh, when we were young, there was almost nobody left. We wandered the streets like lost souls. In those days, talking of your emotions was an embarrassment. As a child, you felt ashamed to tell someone what you were feeling, even if you were crying. I only cried when I'd gone to bed. Um, And the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh visited Aberfan on the 29th of October to pay their respects to those who had died. And so that, I think, was covered in the Crown. There was criticism of the Queen that she didn't Mm. go at that time. And that was referred to when Princess Diana died. Do you remember everyone said she was very that, – that she didn't react how everyone thought? Yes. She didn't, you know, do enough, they thought, when Di died. Um, so just to sort of wrap up how how they dealt with the whole thing afterwards, they set up a tribunal to look into it. They accused the National Coal Board of resisting every attempt to lay the blame where it must rest at their own door. Nine employees of the National Coal Board were censured by the inquiry – um, with varying degrees of blameworthiness, they called it. The board was not prosecuted, so no staff were demoted, sacked or prosecuted. The coal board initiated, uh, initially offered families who had lost someone £50. Oh, good. 
in compensation. They later raised that to £500. There was a fund set up by the mayor in the area that raised just over £1.5 million in donations. So at that point, they decided to give £5,000 to each family. Uh, There was a legal argument over every single case, so every single family had to go through the whole thing again Mm -hmm. to find out... (laughs) This is unbelievable to me. In each case, they wanted to ascertain whether the parents had been close to their children and were thus likely to be suffering mentally. So they were deciding whether they were feeling it or not. Grieving well enough. Um, A lot of the people had post-traumatic stress disorder later. Uh, In the year following the tip slide, close relatives of victims had a death rate seven times higher than the norm. So whatever was in their water and the air and whatever happened on that day, the stress of it, um, yeah, they were dying at a much higher rate. The tips were eventually removed and the colliery closed in 1989. And in May 1997, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh planted a tree at the Aberfan Memorial Garden. And just quickly going back, sorry, and I've been bagging off forever. Um, but um, gosh, when I was, I just couldn't stop reading it when I started. Um, the Crown, just going back to that, that was mentioned by um, Laura at the very beginning. When they were filming The Crown, relatives and neighbours were invited by the producers to come along and appear as extras in some scenes. And some of them at that time were offered the first counselling that they had been offered in 53 years. Wow. So they got a therapist there on the set to help some of the people. And because they were recreating the scene, it would be... Traumatic. Yeah, yep. So thankfully the production team helped them with that. The producer of The Crown, Una O'Byrne, said that people who live there are still traumatised and they learned of a male voice choir that was formed after the disaster and they used them in that episode of The Crown, which I must go back and watch just for this. Um, And as I mentioned, it became a bit of a crisis for the monarchy because the Queen hadn't gone there. Prince Philip went on his own, but that was judged as her not showing enough emotion about Aberfan. So um, they still recall her coming back and showing her sympathy with gratitude so that they don't hold any, I think, any ill feeling towards her. It was more Mm. the people from the outside. And one resident said... This is the final word on it. Everything lost its value in comparison with those children. Mm. Isn't that incredible? And I've got to admit, I didn't know about that until I didn't. Laura brought I didn't it up. No. no. What a tragedy. The Queen gets hard go, doesn't she, at the moment? Well, it's again, a, you know. It's a bit it's... tough at the moment for her. She's struggling yeah. with Megan. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I've got a story. What? Oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Oh, no, it's for another day okay. down the track. I've, I just I made a reference to Megan and Harry, but I don't think I'm doing it. I have strong opinions about soon. that. Oh, about do you? Or? Well, spit them out. I don't know. I just feel like she's doing the wrong thing. Can I say that? Who, the Queen or Megan? Megan. Oh, I can't stand her. Oh, okay, oh, good, because no. I've been calling her American Trash Girl, and I don't know why. No. I don't want to insult our American little... listeners, but no. the, I, don't, I, I feel like I heard it put this way, and I couldn't not agree. Someone said, everyone's treating her like Meryl Streep and before Suits, she was on Deal or No Deal. (laughs) (laughs) She was. I was kind of on her side until I saw that video of Harry going, oh, by the way, my wife, she does voiceovers. It's like, do you want to be in in the spotlight or not? I don't like Harry being separated from William. They've lost their mother. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah. It's all her. It's all her. I know. Mm. I know. She knew what she was marrying into. 
It's not like the royal family is a new thing. You know what it is. There we are. Okay, mine's short. That's okay. I've just got dead body We've got facts. Feedback too. So when I was in uh, New Zealand, I became obsessed with skin grafts. Oh, why? Yeah. Oh, I just got really fucked up on it. I don't know why. I just I why, was obsessed with Zealand? the whole process. Okay, so uh, New Zealand, New Zealand, oh. New Zealand volcano. All the people who were injured suffered horrific burns. Oh, right. So I just went right in on cadaver skin. Uh, New Zealand normally only needs donors for about five to ten bodies. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about donating your skin, I think we should just clear this up. They are not skinning you. Mm. They're not just ripping off all your skin and donating it. So uh, for the New Zealand disaster alone, they had to source um, enough skin to equate to about 60 bodies. <gasps> they normally need five to ten. They needed about 60. Cause it was lot. Yes. It has to be stored at minus 70 degrees mm. Celsius and it can be kept for five years. Wow. Yeah, can be kept for five years. Skin can be ordered from other countries. Mm. So if the, if you have a natural disaster, you can order from other countries. Oh, no. My head's doing racist comments that I won't let come out of my mouth. Oh, well, no, I can tell you. So they could absolutely, obviously, doesn't always match your skin. Yes. But the skin that they use for burns is just placed on top of your burn as a dressing. Oh, and then bandaged. No, it doesn't heal. It's just the best way to treat burns. And they eventually take that skin off. But it's the most, it's the best way to fight against infection is by using actual skin. Are you serious? Instead they're not just... actually grafting it. They're not stitching mm-hmm. the edges together. <clears throat> wow. No. So they just use the cadaver skin to put on top of your burns and then they put bandages over it. Yeah. And it, it stops any... Yucky bits getting what, there. How thick a layer Oh, of skin? excellent question that you've asked because I've also looked this up. Good. It is not slabs. Okay. Don't think slabs. Because I was like it's, thinking of a pork belly. No, it's not. That's what thickness. I thought. Yep, no, yep. correct. That's what everyone thinks <laughs> yep. because I've researched this topic so well. Yes. Um, it's like tissue paper. Oh, so it's like when you've been sunburned when you're a kid and you peel it off in Super sheets. Super thin. They take oh, it from the meaty areas of your body. So like oh. top of thighs, back of thighs. Or your back. Yeah. Um, which is why a lot of people get weird about it, I guess, in organ donation situations. Because they think, oh, I don't want him to not have skin on his yeah. face or anything like that. If they take your... <clears throat> what is happening? Don't know. Neither. If they take your skin, yep. uh, you would be fine for an open casket situation. Right. Mm. Okay. So people get weird about that. Because it's where you can't that. see. Right. Yeah. So when they... Uh, ordered skin from Australia to go to New Zealand. It took 12 to 24 hours. And if they needed to get it from the US, it was going to take 24 to 36 hours. Right. That's how quickly they can turn it around. Amazing. So it helps prevent infection until they can actually begin the skin graft process from their own body. Mm. So amazing. Um, It's not unheard of for a patient with burns to 80% of their body to survive. And to give you an idea, 20% is basically both arms. Okay. So 80% is really everything. everything. So do you, you mean can still survive that? They put the the bought skin mm-hmm. goes on the burns. Onto the burn. But do they eventually then have to take a piece of your own skin Correct. to like sew in like a little patchwork? Yes, yeah, so then after they do a skin graft, mm. but they just use the cadaver or the dead person's skin 
to fight against infection while the person is healing. This is just like the avocado thing, Kirsten and yes. I were talking about the other what? day. Because this woman discovered, you know how you have half an avocado and you put the other half in the fridge, no yeah. matter what you do. It goes brown. It goes brown. Leave the pip in, no, nah, doesn't work, goes brown. She discovered, I haven't tried it yet, but she said you get the outer leaf of the lettuce, yeah. like the, the green one that you're going to throw away anyway, wash yeah. it, obviously, wrap the avocado in that and it doesn't go brown. Because it's like a natural, really? like for like. See? And that's the same thing as skin, but don't use lettuce yeah. no. on so the human body. I was... But they do. When you breastfeed, they give you cabbage leaves. When your breasts get like engorged and oh. all, because you, if you've yeah. got too much milk in there and it gets all hot and thing, they put cabbage leaves well, on yes. your boobs. Mm. Takes the, the heat and the helps it. Well, I was very crazily <laughs> tweeting about it. full of knowledge up here, Kirsten. <laughs> I was tweeting about dead people's skin. You know to the what point else they where... do? What? They, when you've had a baby and you're a bit yes. sore in the VJ area, oh. well, I don't know if they still do this, but they certainly did it when I had a baby. They fill condoms with water, tie them up so it's like a little oh, tiny balloon, you know, the size of a tampon, and they freeze them. And they give you that to stick in downstairs. If Why you... does everything you do go back to go... vaginas? Yes. <laughs> You're very vaginally ex- obsessed yeah, at the Yeah, 2020 moment. is. <laughs> Just letting you know because when you have babies, you don't get a shock when they come at you with a little frozen okay. condom full of ice to sure. cool down your VJ. Well, Lauren, after I tweeted a lot about dead skin because <laughs> yes. I got obsessed with it and I started tweeting with it while I was over there. I to saw the point those where, tweets. I know. Yes. And my producer even like texted me. He's like, enough. Stop. <laughs> and I was like, chat. I was like, I can't. I was like, can we put some of this in my story? And he was like, it's f- people are eating dinner at that time yeah, that we go to the air. He's like, yeah. it's a bit full on. Anyway, <laughs> a lovely lady called Lauren messaged me after I'd done my big Twitter thing and she said, um, that she never, ever thought about the fact that you could donate your skin. She was already an organ donor and she updated her organ donation profile to include her skin because That's she good. had thought that there was all these, mis- you know, she believed, I guess, the misconceptions and she didn't realise that how helpful it was. So, yeah, mm. if you're thinking about organ donation, chuck your skin in there too. That's good. It's really mm. good. Will you guys do that? Yeah, I'm all about organ donation. What am I going to do with them? Just not the eyes. Yeah, That's I'm weird thing. about the eyes. Yeah. Everything they can else have can whatever go. they want from me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with everything else. You don't... Oh, see, I've left out something really important. What? I nearly saw a dead body. I was given... <gasps> what? Are you lying? No, I'm not. No. <sighs> I don't believe you. Well, there was a real, an actual death in the family. Mm. And I was given the opportunity to go and view the body and I said, no, thank you, because I had seen – so it was my beautiful father-in-law. Yes. Um, oh, and it's, that's different. It is different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's different. And I had seen him just before he died and yep. he squeezed my hand and yeah. his eyes were open and, you know, he knew – I knew I'm he was there. I'm good to see dead people I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I didn't want to be there when he died and I didn't yeah. – and then they said, do you want to come and see the body? And I said, no, I want to remember him how he was. Yeah. I remember that little squeeze he gave yeah, me Yeah, I think I told you I saw my grandfather. I hate it. I can Same. still – I can see Same. it. In, yeah. I can yeah. see it in my head right now. I can yeah. see him in there. Yeah. I hate it. It's the first thing that comes to mind, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good to not good to have gone through that, but it also could, I know we do it on here, and you know I'm always having a go at criminals and calling them pedos and whatever I've insult them we with. We do, but it is good to have that proper reminder. You know, it is a real thing. It's yeah, it's yeah, it but affects people. Mm, yeah, still. Mm. But again, it was another nearly one. 
but nearly. it was it was a voluntarily nearly you got more skin stuff i love it no that's all the skin stuff what do I've they got? do with it after just throw it in the bin i guess they must just bio what is it oh, bio yeah. waste yeah like they just get rid of it yeah and they wow. mustn't be able to make it too cold because you know how you get freezer burn on meat if you yeah be the same thing wouldn't it it's i thought it was quite fascinating should we do some feedbacks sure just there's a whole pile there take, oh take your pick any well, one of them well there's a lot of feedback and there was, oh, how cute. Thank you to everyone on our Facebook page. When we were announced last episode, <gasps> we were know. coming back. I actually, some of the comments were too cute. I had to bring them in. Uh, Janine mm-hmm. said, wondering why I couldn't listen to you guys. I tell you, I near wet my pants when you did the intro about the man being sacked for blowing his nose on an infant <laughs> child. <laughs> Still Kirsten's favourite thing. It's, it's when he I, I can't get baby. over that. Blowing the nose on the baby is our all time. Shelby said, praise sweet baby <laughs> cheeses. I cannot wait. Cheryl said she had to check if she deleted the podcast by mistake. Oh. <laughs> Donna said, are people doing this on purpose? Oh, thank dog. I've been bereft. I know. And you told me as well to go and look at these. You you're like, I don't be scared, scared. Go and look at the Facebook page. And I went, but hold on. We've got this feedback here. Elizabeth said, having oh, withdrawal symptoms, was going to have to go to rehab. Oh. Don't turn up saying, I need the bo- dead bodies. I need dead bodies. So they really will lock you up. <laughs> oh, Claire wants us to be able to do, uh, do more. We help her apparently when she's doing the washing up. Cute. Love you all on our Facebook page. Good on yous. You got a feedback? Yeah. So someone, I've just dipped through them a bit. Yeah, anyone. Um, from Claire, for starters, nice things, nice things. We haven't done a nice things, nice things uh, in 2020. Now brace yourselves. Braced. Oh. John Wayne Gacy's house is for sale. Oh, there was a, an argument about this on. It's not? Well, I think they demolished his house and built another house on the site and that house came up for sale. Remind me who that guy is, just quickly. So did I do this? That was one you did, I did this story. It rings a bell. I want to... He had a stack of dead kitties, didn't he, in the house? Yeah. Is this the leaf guy? He was the one that was like the the clown and then he was... He was messing with cops. You remember this part? He was messing with yes. cops and they were outside his house and they he said, oh, why don't you come in for breakfast? Yes. And then they were like, sure, we'll pop in. Yeah. I, and then they remember. found all the bodies in the basement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you oh, think God. it's not his house? Yes. So I think I put it up on the Facebook page and there was a bit of a discussion on there, um, uh, which I eventually concluded that it was correct, that it, his mm. his actual house was knocked down, another one was built, and that was the one that – Went up for sale, yeah. Um, From Jamie. Mm -hmm. Hi, I was thinking, Dee, about your question to Shah about how many dead bodies has Shah seen. Mm -hmm. I tried to think of how many I have seen. However, since I put three or four into the freezer on a weekly basis, I could not answer this question. When I worked in the hospital morgue, looking back, they are some of my nicest memories. Oh, I treated them with the utmost respect as I thought how much trust they were putting in me to give them their dignity. I would talk to them as they never judged and were always happy to listen to me and my issues. I always thanked them for giving me parts of themselves to help others. The only interesting story is that when I had babies that died, they were put into a sports bag to take down to the morgue. 
I was always amazed by the situation going in the lift and through wars with a dead baby, while the general public were completely oblivious to what I was carrying, even though I was walking along with the bag slightly away from my legs so as not to bump or damage it in any way. Oh, my goodness. It's a strange feeling, not unlike someone who has murdered a person and now has to hide them away so as not to bring attention to it. Right. Goodness Mm. gracious. P.S. I did the same with adults, but we had what we called the magic box. It (laughs) looked the same as a normal gurney, only it had another tray under the first and you pulled a lever and the body would go through the false table to one below. What? So it just looked like they were wheeling an empty gurney through the hospital. Yeah, that was then pushed down to the morgue, again unseen and oblivious to all the people that did not work in the hospital. As I said, strange feeling. Love your podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, wow, Jamie. So if I see anyone with a sports sports bag. Yeah. You're like a magician, like yeah. if that's something sensitive to say, but you're like yeah. the effort they yeah. go to to yeah. like protect the public. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Wowie. Totally. Wow. You may borrow my pen, pen. Chanel. Sorry. That's it. So are we are we how are we looking, Kirsten? Forty one minutes. That's good. That's good. Is that all right? Just yeah. do you think everyone's got their housework done and got their trip to work I think 40 minutes with is the podcast good. Yeah. in their ear holes? Yeah. Lovely. Well we'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, you know what to do. If you've seen a dead body, please tell us about it. Uh, you can either go to the Dead Bodies Facebook page, Insta. There's a lot on the Insta page. Mm. Kirst looks after that. Looks after everything. I've been slacking a bit. Have you? I've been a bit slack I'll too. I'll get better. We're back. And my apologies on Facebook and also the email because I've been a bit slack on. I've been a bit occupied. Yeah. Uh, but Dead Bodies Podcast at gmail.com. Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.